Welcome to Pod Save Africa. 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 Welcome. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Pod Save Africa. It's I, your host, Akinade Adirile, and your wonderful co-host, Kotala Adirile here. How are you guys? Awesome. And we have three excellent stories for you today. What are we talking about today? Yes, our stories are really from across the continent because we know it's been a while since we've done one of these news updates. So we're bringing you stories from Rwanda slash Mozambique, South Africa, and of course from Nigeria. A special shout out to the elections that took place in Zambia. And um, this is kind of weird to say a shout out, but to the unfolding story of the, of the overthrow of Alpha Conde by the military in Guinea. Awesome. So, now for our first story. The, the joint operation has been conducted between the militaries of Rwanda and Mozambique in Mozambique to recapture the port town of Mokimboa da Praia, um, which was an insurgent stronghold um, the two countries announced on Sunday. Um, Mozambique has northernmost pro- province, which is, you know, Cabo Delgado, um, has gas developments worth almost $60 billion dollars. Um, and, and unfortunately, that, that, that area has been has harbored an Islamist uh, insurgency since 2017. Um, so, you know, the, the, the last year, those, those, that insurgency kind of escalated into uh, lots of battles. And, and the, the insurgents actually linked to the Islamic State seized the entire town. Um, so now the Rwanda government has deployed about a thousand soldiers. Um, to Mozambique, they conducted a joint operation and they've actually liberated the town at this time. Um, this has largely caught, you know, been, been fantastic news, of course, for the people of Mozambique. Um, however, there are uh, people who are calling attention to the fact that this is one of, you know, that uh, a, a separate country's force, you know, interacting in this way is, is perhaps raising some eyebrows here and there. Michael, any thoughts? Well, I, I think it's not the first time that we've seen another African country stepping in and helping, um, mm-hmm. especially in, in the area of defense and military and things like that. So I'm not sure why we raise an eyebrow. Um, I think it's especially nice that Rwanda is uh, more of a prosperous society and has such resources to be able to step in and help as they can. Uh, so like you said, it's it's an unfolding story. I think it is good news for the people of Mozambique, and I think it should be good news for the rest of us um, as well. But we will see as, as that story unfolds more. Of course, of course. Now, that was you know, quite incredibly fierce fighting in the area, so our thoughts and prayers out to the people affected in Mozambique by this. Um, but at this time, the Rwandan army and the, and the um, Mozambique army have, have secured a, a 31-mile long safety zone for 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 a gas project that's supposed to be ongoing in that region. Um, and, and we'll keep you abreast of, of interesting developments in Mozambique and Rwanda. 
Yes, now on to our next story. We are taking you down to South, South Africa, where the unemployment rate has risen to be the highest in the world, as charts by Bloomberg. Um, of course, South Africa, like many, like every other country around the world, has been greatly affected by COVID. Um, a lot of that effect seems to be on their on on their employment. Unfortunately, um, on a, official unemployment rates are at thirty four point four percent, and there have been many many loss of jobs in in many of the different sectors, including agriculture, where um, including um, the finance industry where. 278,000 jobs were lost, including the manufacturing industry, where 83,000 jobs were lost, um, and including uh, the social services, where 166,000 jobs were lost. Um, South Africa is one of the African countries that has been most impacted by COVID. In fact, I think they have one of the higher spread rates and uh, mortality rates in on the African continent. Um, and so it's kind of correlation to the job loss um, that they are seeing too. Uh, we're hoping that their economy can recover um, in, in smooth time, but right now it's things are looking too good. Akeri, any thoughts? I, I do. Um, your, to your fantastic point that this is largely driven by COVID-19, which has affected countries all around the world in a variety of ways. Um, some countries, due to vaccine rates, uh, are seeing more uh, kind of a, an earlier recovery than others, but South Africa is not one of them. Um, it's important for leaders to think broadly about what's that economic recovery looks like, but as, as many investing you know, economists will say, is that the primary issue is a health issue and not so much an economic one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, you, you don't want people to, to risk their lives, or there's literally a risk of life issue or risk of permanent damage issue um, by, you know, opening things up fully and encourage people to just proceed with business as usual, but until vaccine rates are spread, you know, uh, effectively and people are more cautious enough to, to stamp out this virus, um, many economies will see a full-on recovery. Um, I suspect that even the measurement of, of unemployment hasn't been done as broadly and as, as as widely mm-hmm. as, as in, in many other countries, so I'd be I'd be quite surprised, quite frankly, if South Africa is truly you know the worst in the world. Um, but um, you know we'll we'll see how things develop. But you know hopefully that the government there is, is up to the task of of really fostering economic uh, recovery through you know resolving the health issue and then being intelligent about uh, the economic situation. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you that I'm not sure I trust the numbers that says it's the highest in the world, especially even just comparison to other African countries. Um, I, I think I agree with you where I don't think the, probably the research has been conducted as deeply on other African countries. Um, South Africa being one of the larger ones and one of the ones that's more in the spotlight, maybe, but um, in comparison to other African countries and with the rest of the world, um, perhaps not, not as much. Uh, would you take us on to our third story? Awesome. Now we head on the way to West Africa to Nigeria, where a couple of weeks ago there was an attack on the Nigerian Defense Academy. Um, this is a big deal for a variety of reasons. The first thing is to, to just contextualize this in people's mind. The Nigerian Defense Academy is one of the first um, military training institutions in Nigeria. It was actually founded pre-independence as the uh, Royal Military Forces Training College. 
on the government and I went a few name changes before it finally became the Nigerian Defense Academy. Um, but it is the only military institution in Nigeria currently that grants bachelor's degrees to its graduates, which is which is why it's such an important place. Um, it, it's a contextualized it, it's much like the West Point of Nigeria. So really, um, some of the most elite folks in the in the army are the folks who come out of it. Um, however, on on Tuesday, August twenty fourth, um, the security forces were were compromised, and two individuals were killed, with one being compromised. Um, this is relevant to Nigerians for for two big reasons. The first is that you know this is you know another level of escalation in in the security issues that Nigeria is facing. Um, and three, it's it's an indication of increased brazenness by the uh, the, the uh, bandits forces or Islamist forces um, that's recently you know attacked you know attacked the attacked the passenger boats and have had all these extreme things, but, you know, effectively attacking Nigeria's most elite training institution for its soldiers is, is a crazy escalation. And for Nigerians, the concern now is, you know, where are people actually safe if a place like that can get attacked? Um, Oinko, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think this news coming on, on the back of the fact that insecurity in Nigeria has been really high and has been a problem for, for many years is very disappointing, very disheartening. Um, it almost paints just a pessimistic future for Nigeria. Um, one thing that I'm not sure if you mentioned, but the Nigerian Defense Academy is located on in the no- northern part of Nigeria in Kaduna. Mm-hmm. And so that is one area, part of Nigeria, where we've seen more of a rise in banditry and um, in Boko Haram and all these other um, forces that have really plagued our um, security issues. And of course, now it's beginning to spread to other parts of the country as well um, and becoming really heightened everywhere. But the fact that the Nigerian Defense Academy, which is supposed to provide our security forces, essentially train them, not just only in Nigeria, but in other African countries as well who would come for training there, and they could be so easily compromised, um, is, is troubling, to say the least. Um, and I don't know how else to paint it, but it's in, incredibly troubling, um, I think. It is. It is. You're 1,000% one spot on America. Um, hoping that, you know, Nigeria finally really, really addresses the security issues because it seems like, it seems like there was a point where I think I felt like it was more of a rule issue. Uh-huh. Um, and not so much a capacity issue, but it seems for the first time really that it's it's a combination of both, uh-huh. which is where you never really want to be. So, um, for for the the, the 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 government of a country has at least one mandate. You can argue, you know, depending on your political stance on a variety of other things, where it's the the, the singular mandate that we can argue on, on is the government's. Uh, responsibility to protect its, its its citizens and to effectively wield as much as possible a monopoly on force that it fairly meets out. Um, and Nigeria's government currently is lacking in its uh, responsibility. And hopefully we get to see things uh, um, move forward. Yeah, yeah, I agree. As we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, special shout out with uh, to Zambia with who we want to commemorate um, on their successful past elections where they were able to remove out ex-president Lungu, um, who was president of Zambia for about six years, and um, vote in 
current or income incoming president Hichinema, um, who who finally who is finally president after six attempts at um running. Um he won Hichinema run won by a landslide. Um and from everything that we've witnessed on social media particularly, it seems that the youth or the Yam Zambian youth were very instrumental in making this possible. Uh, the, the past Zambia elections were held in August um, uh, of this year. Next, we want to also highlight the unfolding story where the current president, or I guess outgoing president, Alpha Conde, <laughs> <laughs> outgoing president Alpha Conde was forcefully removed by the military. Uh, he's, well, he's the outgoing president of Guinea, forcefully removed by the military and his government dissolved. Um, like we mentioned, that story is ongoing um, and we'll continue to be on the, on the lookout and to monitor situations and announce them as they unfold. Um, the uh, military through um, through their army colonel Mamadi Dumobuya announced that they will no longer entrust politics to one person. Um, and so which is part of the motive behind um, removing him as president and uh, they believe that their duty as soldiers is to save the country um, and so that's part of the reason behind these actions yeah that would be all and for your plantainship of the day i'd like to talk to you about african migration um there's popular uh themes especially in countries like nigeria about japa this idea that the vast majority of Africans leaving Africa are oftentimes going to countries outside of Africa, despite the fact that there's a decently high level of migration outside of the African continent. Um, most of the migration in the African continent is within the African continent, people moving to each other's countries. Um, latest estimates puts us at around 20 million people migrating within Africa every year. Whereas the difference, whereas migration outside of Africa is sub 2 million people. So, you know, 10x difference by, by rough estimates um, as your plantainship of the day. For today's takeaway, we'd like to emphasize the importance of national security. Um, we've seen it in the South African story with national security through healthcare affecting the economy, um, national security with, with uh, Mozambique and and Rwanda collaborating to receive, recapture a part of its country. And then the Nigerian story, where um, the, the National Defense Academy was attacked, um, it, it scrutinizes how important this is for the stability of the region, for the stability of economies, um, even when you have to collaborate with other partners in the region to make it happen. So um, perhaps Rwanda and Mozambique are setting an example that we could all follow, uh, but it's important that we think, especially as we vote in elections, about how our who who will serve our best interests in, in terms of delivering our national security. Yeah, and so that's all our listeners for this this edition of our news update. We'll be back in our next episode continuing on the series that we've started. Um hope you've enjoyed it so far and please let us know your thoughts. Um we just like to say take a quick pause that we really do love to hear from our listeners and so that's been happening frequently in mm -hmm. the past couple of weeks and it's it's really made us happy anything from like feedback or to like helpful criticism we appreciate it and we welcome it all thank you thank you bye